You are witnessing a front three-quarter view of two adults sharing a tender moment. Hello and welcome to Front Three Quarter View, my weekly Twin Peaks podcast where I talk all things Twin Peaks and within the Twin Peaks universe. Thank you so much to anyone that's listened so far. I I really hope that you've been enjoying them. So far I've talked about nostalgia, I've talked about the end of season two and my kind of newfound love for it. And this week I'm going to talk about The Secret History of Twin Peaks by Mark Frost. The Secret History is, I think, actually has become one of my favourite books just of life ever that I've ever read. I mean, I think The Secret History is kind of like taking a walk around inside my brain. Um, I am a writer and... This is basically all the stuff I'm really interested in writing about, but I've uh, I've never quite found the way of doing it, a way of kind of including conspiracy theory and interesting characters and weaving in fictional characters with kind of real life and historical events. And I don't know an awful lot about history, so... A lot of the things in this book I recognised but didn't know in a great deal of detail. So it's been fascinating to kind of learn more about some of those. But what's also been great about The Secret History is not knowing which bits are real and which bits are made up. And obviously some bits you can, you know, you can tell that some liberties have been taken. Um, but that's that's part of the fun, to take the basis of history, to take real people and to put them in new situations, to mix them with your fictional characters. It's just such a fun book. And I'm, I've am i listened to it um, on the audiobook and I've read the actual physical copy, which I have in my hands now. Um, and I'm going to kind of flick through it throughout this podcast and just pick out bits that I really liked um, and found really interesting. But having read it and then listened to it, I finished listening to it quite recently, and on both occasions I've just enjoyed it so much. But I was wondering whether someone who hasn't seen Twin Peaks would get much out of it, or whether it would kind of tell you too much about the series ahead of watching it. Um, And that's something I was kind of thinking about while I was listening to the audiobook. And I think while there are basically a lot of spoilers for Twin Peaks in it, um, and it would kind of reveal some things that happened in the finale, and it would reveal ultimately the end of the Laura Palmer storyline, you probably couldn't give the secret history to a new fan who'd never seen the series before. But at the same time, it's it's a perfect book, no matter how many times you've seen the show. Because when I first read it, Um, It was when The Return was airing, which was just after I'd finished the original series. So I watched the original run through and then I went straight on to The Return and then I wasn't going to get I wasn't going to get this book because I I kind of I'd seen it about before I'd ever watched the show. And I kind of thought, oh, okay, that must be related to that thing that, you know, people talk about. Then I became more aware of Twin Peaks and then I watched it and then I was like, I think I was on holiday and I just saw the book and I was like, no, actually, I am going to get it. And partly because the book itself is so well put together. But it was 
great reading it when I'd only seen the series one time through, and when the return was unfolding kind of alongside me reading it, because I didn't pick up on a lot of the, even the Twin Peaks references, let alone the historical references, the first time I read it, but I recognised enough, and the book worked even without me understanding all of the Twin Peaks references that are in it. It is just a great book, outside of the show, almost. Um, and that was that was brilliant for me, who was kind of a new fan, to read this book and to get this insight into the characters, and also to hear just a completely new story. I mean, it's a fascinating, fascinating story, and it's so well kind of woven in and yeah, this podcast is basically just going to be me raving about it. So um, <laughs> if you enjoyed The Secret History, then uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast. But obviously there will be spoilers for both Twin Peaks and the book itself. The accompanying material is confidential and approved for your eyes only. So let's just start with like how the book looks. Um because this is, I know you get like a an online version or like a virtual version with the audiobook, which I didn't look at um, when I was listening to it, partly because I have the physical book, um, which I would occasionally check things in, kind of the pictures alongside the audiobook. Um, but partly because the audiobook works as its own thing. And it, although it misses some visual things out, kind of descriptions of pictures and things like that, the audiobook does work and it's really masterfully read, but I'll come back to that. Um, the look of the book itself is amazing. I mean, it's just so, so well collected. And collected feels like the right word because it is literally just, it's extracts from fake textbooks and journals and handwritten things and secret documents and newspaper articles it uses it or it manages to tell you things about backstories of Twin Peaks characters in a really interesting way it's it's strange in a way it's almost like the 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 sections in the book about the Twin Peaks characters don't quite always fit in with the narrative um, like you understand why they're there and they, they totally earn their place and they're very interesting. But the book as a whole is really about Doug Milford and Doug Milford just happens to have ties to Twin Peaks. And the archivist has put this book together as a history of the town, but really it's a history of the town as told through Doug Milford. Kind of one, once you're past the Native American sections, which are really really interesting and give a br a brilliant kind of backstory um to the town itself once you're on to the kind of um the newspaper article about the the scouts in the in ghostwood that's when you hit like there's a section about andrew packard and you have an article written by andrew packard as a kid about his camping trip and then doug milford comes into it and he kind of takes over as this lead character uh, who is absolutely fascinating. And I just love the genius of it. When you take a character who is in a handful of episodes in the end of season two in a completely different capacity as well. 
and you just take his character and you give him this whole life that's so different and then you blend it in with the character we know from the TV show. It's so, so well done. It it's really is masterfully done. And the fact that Milford is involved in so many interesting things. I mean, like I say, this is basically just like walking around my head. I'm fascinated by conspiracy theories and the fact blending with the fiction, which I know is something that Frost is very good at and very passionate about. But it kind of, it goes into like the occult and cults and... It's just oh, like Aliens, Blue Book, Sign, Grudge, Nixon. It's absolutely fascinating in its kind of journey through history. And it really does take in so many interesting things about 20th century American history. Uh, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And Milford is a great main character. He is his own character for the book. He works independently in the book as he does in the TV show. But there is a feasible connection between the man he is in both of them. And I think Milford's arc is just fascinating because he goes to so many interesting places. And there's the scene in particular where uh, Milford is invited to go to Nixon, see Nixon and uh, a celebrity who is at first unnamed. And they go and see an alien and that bit really stood out to me when I first read it. I was like, oh my god. Because the book up until that point is about Milford investigating the speculation around UFOs. And it's taking that theme that's kind of present in season two um, and used very well in season two. Like Project Blue Book and things is used very well in season two of Twin Peaks. But... It's taking that theme and it's expanding it so much. This whole book is really about, or the kind of the crux of it is really about UFOs and hunting for aliens. And while a lot of the book is kind of conjecture and speculation and it's it's all these accounts and it's this kind of pieced together thing um, from loads of different eyewitness accounts and official reports and newspaper articles and it tells this story, but... When Milford is invited to see the alien with Nixon, it's a brilliant, brilliant moment. It really is. Just, that's kind of like the pinnacle of it. I saw a review of the book, actually, just before I finished listening to the audio version, which said, uh, which was hugely uncomplimentary of it, and said that... Um, Basically, it takes all the secrets out of the secret history. It takes all the mystery out of things. But that's just not true. Like, this book leaves you with so many questions, and the answers that it provides, A, I'm surprised it provides them at all, um, and in, it does occasionally give quite a decisive answer about things, but that's always tempered by it's a decisive answer from a certain viewpoint from a person's perspective, from their experiences. It doesn't really give you any answers, and any answers that it tries to give you are always so subjective, or there's always a counter-argument to them, or you just bring your own kind of natural scepticism to some of the things that are presented in this book, and that's why Tammy's there, because Tammy is 
the voice of scepticism going, I don't believe any of this, but this sounds feasible. And that's such an important voice to have in the book, because again, it's there to kind of temper the give any answers that were given. And I, I don't think that it removes the mystery at all. I think, if anything, it raises more mystery. It asks so many interesting questions. And any answers that it comes to, they all mean something within the context of the book itself. Which I think is the most important thing. It works not just as a prequel to Twin Peaks, but as a fascinating conspiracy narrative um it, it i mean it works like a thriller in many places it's absolutely just i think geniusly kind of collected and coming back to tammy for a second um she as far as i know she isn't named until the end which is deliberate because this came out before the return um and tammy is just a fascinating character in this book. She is a fascinating voice to bring to it. And it's strange now having listened to the audio book to then watch um, Krista Bell play Tammy in the series, in The Return, because the portrayal of Tammy in the book is quite different to how she is written in the TV show. Um, and Krista Bell does a great job of Tammy and the character that that's kind of provided in the script. But I almost feel like the, the character that the script provides and the character that the book provides for Tammy are quite different. And I saw someone, I think I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, possibly last week, that I saw someone say that the return script was written by Lynch and Frost. Season three, in the way it's presented, in the way it's directed, is Lynch's interpretation. The Secret History and the Final Dossier are Frost's interpretation. And Lynch has said that he's not read The Secret History because that's Frost's history of the town. And Lynch's is almost certainly different. I think that applies to the characters as well. I think that applies to Tammy in particular. Um, I think the, the interpretation of Tammy is different that we see in the return so that we see in the secret history and in the secret history she's given so much kind of life and brilliant skepticism and she is a she's an excellent kind of guide through this dossier that's been uncovered and i think to have her voice of skepticism in there which isn't always skeptical it kind of changes and it varies depending on what she reads but she has a real humour about her as well, which is really important. She she is our driving character through the whole thing. She's She is the protagonist, in a way. Um, and then of the text itself, I suppose the archivist and, and Milford are the protagonists because they are the characters that are continually popping up and having their say about things. And then, of course, the revelation at the end, spoilers approaching... Um, that Briggs is the archivist is probably not surprising. I think I guessed fairly early on, as I'm sure a lot of readers did. But that's not really the point, because it's not like a who done it. Although that is what Tammy is kind of saying, she's determined to find out who this guy is. Um, it's not really about discovering who he is. It's more about discovering 
sort of the significance of it being Briggs. It's more about kind of wanting to see where this story will end and crucially answering the question of where will this, how will this fill the gap between season two and the return. That's what readers, I think, truly want to know by the end of the book. So the archivist kind of revelation is almost incidental because although it drives Tammy, there are so many other interesting threads in the book that I think will drive a reader and this book, when I first got it, I read it so quickly. I mean, I did really not want to put it down. And it's just so, so beautiful in the way it's put together. I've also recently discovered after having a Google that there are so many hidden messages and 3D images in it, which I've not properly had a chance to look at yet. So I'm very excited to kind of dig a bit deeper into those as well. But it is just a, it's kind of, labour of love really isn't it it's so carefully put together um and there's so much level of detail in it like there's the r&r menu with all the prices and and you know the the front and the back of the menu are as they are in the tv show and you have the the list of the ufo sightings that are about halfway through the book um which are just it's just a list for a couple of pages of UFO sightings and what the person saw and whether they were investigated. And um, they don't read that out on the audiobook, which makes a lot of sense. But it's great that the whole thing is there in the book itself. So I think the secret history can tell us a lot about Twin Peaks. But it's almost, for me, the excitement of it is that it just goes to so many interesting places and unexpected places for a Twin Peaks prequel. Because a Twin Peaks prequel, if written by anybody else, may well have just been a history of Twin Peaks. But the secret history is so much more than that. It kind of takes Twin Peaks at its centre and then it branches out. It, you know, Milford, where does Milford go? The, the the ring, the ring crops up a lot throughout the book. What's the history of the ring? You know, the region, what's the history of the region where the town is, the Native American history of it? And that's so interesting um, that it, it goes to these places that it, it really didn't have to. And we're given all this interesting stuff and all these conspiracy theories that are kind of embraced and accepted as truth that's fascinating like the the use of majestic 12 with the um kind of the alien investigations and the 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 area where it goes into um Alistair Crowley and talking about his cults and everything and his literary works and kind of everything surrounded surrounding him that's so interesting that it's kind of integrated so well into the main story that we're following. Nothing in the book feels to me like it doesn't belong there, which is, considering it embraces so many things, is really quite an achievement. So what can this book tell us about Frost's interpretation of the return? Um... I think it's clear that him and Lynch were both approaching it from a very similar place in that things from outside of the world of Twin Peaks could feed back into it, but also things from within Twin Peaks could branch out. And I think that's actually one of the interesting things. I'm re-watching The Return at the minute, 
and um, it's it's fascinating that these characters haven't left, like most of them haven't left in twenty five years, and I think that's why it's a great choice to move Cooper away, to give him something different to do. It's interesting reading the secret history because if that is Frost's interpretation of the return, and he. I think I read that they submitted the script for what was going to be the nine episode version of Twin Peaks uh, season three. And then they and then Lynch went off to direct it or get more episodes or however the mechanics of that bit worked. And, And Frost went off to write the book. And so they both kind of then went off to do their interpretation of what they had collectively written. That's a fascinating just writing exercise and working relationship. And it's I think it says a lot about the creativity that two people, and especially people like Lynch and Frost, have brought Twin Peaks. Because it is it is two insanely creative minds at the top of their game, bringing it all together, compromising, discussing seeing what works and then splitting off and going and doing something that is close to their heart and what they enjoy most about the thing they've written together. Which is just, that's just a fascinating way of working. Um, And it's interesting that also a lot of my podcasts and a lot of my podcasts seem to kind of come back to this discussion of Lynch and Frost at the end of everything I talk about because they're just fascinating writers and creatives and I would, I mean obviously it would be incredible to just have a conversation with either of them. Um, I'd love to have a conversation with Frost about the book and just say it's amazing um, and kind of talk about his creative process because there are so many little things, so many little touches to it that are all kind of pieced together and, and kind of strung into this narrative that I kind of see similarities in um I started reading The List of Seven, his novel, um, and one day I will finish it when I've got so many things to read always. But I really want to go back to the list of seven because it's the same kind of thing of taking a real person and fictionalizing them and drawing them into this fictional world. And it's fascinating that both the list of seven and the secret history do that because that's clearly, for me, like Frost's big strength is the ability to weave incredible historical narratives, but in such interesting alternative ways that I, I've not really found in any kind of historical novels I've attempted. So it's a truly kind of unique thing and, and something I'm incredibly envious of as a writer. And I'll be trying to capture the experience of reading the secret history for a long time, I'm sure. But it's the moment, the moment, for example, where they talk about uh, the Kennedy assassination, um, which is something that Frost and Lynch were interested in anyway, before Twin Peaks. They were interested in Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe, and uh, they were interested in, and and Cooper is obviously interested in that as well, and it's ironic that his favourite book in the secret history is the Warren Commission's report of JFK's assassination. Um, That's a lovely little touch, that bit. But the fact that Frost takes a conspiracy theory about the three tramps 
around JFK's assassination, he then takes a real person and says, this is, this looks like this man. And then he takes Douglas Milford and he says, could Douglas Milford be this man? And that kind of example is the perfect example for me of the way that fact and fiction kind of collide and create something that really is a wild ride. And the end of The Secret History is particularly interesting as well, because not only do you get a real insight into Briggs and kind of his guilt about his work, fascinating, and you get a real kind of further insight into his and Cooper's relationship and how that might have developed in a potential season three if it was made in the early 90s, perhaps. There would have been maybe a Briggs-Cooper collab um, on uh, at Listening Post Alpha. That's really fascinating to get a further insight into that relationship at the end of season two. And I think that's, as well as offering an interpretation of kind of Frost's, as well as offering Frost's interpretation of the return, we also see his insights onto the end of season two and kind of further digging into the different elements of them. And that's a really interesting thing to be able to have access to. It really enhances the end of season two. And actually, I think the thing that the secret history does for the Twin Peaks kind of universe and canon as a whole is it makes the end of season two valid in a way it had never really probably been before. Because I was talking about it last week, how it's very often dismissed by fans and there are probably very good reasons for that. But to take a character like Milford and and to take Dwayne, his brother as well, to make them such an important part of the secret history of Twin Peaks means that if you buy into Frost's interpretation of the show, which I absolutely do, as I was discussing last week and as has become evident over this week's as well, if you buy into that interpretation, then the secret history absolutely draws in that 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 part of Twin Peaks that no one really has a great deep affection for in the way they do the, the first season, for example. It really takes that area and it makes it valid and canon and gives it this whole other life and backstory. And it really is such a rewarding experience for, as a book, as a reading experience, but also for viewers of the show and fans of the show, new and old. And I would highly recommend it for any person uh, who has listened to this podcast, got it all spoiled, um, but thinks it's going to be really great anyway. Um, so I'd highly recommend this incredible book. It is genuinely one of my favourite books I've read. Uh, I think it's a fantastic novel. So I may well do a final dossier uh, podcast when I've re-read it, re-listened to it. Final Dossier is very different to The Secret History. It's the one I was originally going to buy because I thought The Secret History wouldn't be of interest to me. I actually ended up preferring The Secret History, weirdly. You can take part in, a, in an interactive Twin Peaks game that I'm writing. Uh, it's called Twin Peaks Interactive. You can take part by voting in polls. I write a little bit of a story. You vote for what happens next, and then I write a little bit based on what you voted for. Um, that's been going really well. It's had a great reception on Twitter, and you can follow it at Twin Peaks Game. If you enjoyed this 
podcast, if you enjoy The Secret History, um, if you can get me to have a conversation with Mark Frost so I can tell him how much I enjoyed it and talk to him about all of his inspirations, um, then you can tweet me at James M. Writer. And I will see you next week. The owls are not what they seem.